Well, Janet Yellen has appeared before the Senate confirmation hearing and said the government needs to act big on the next coronavirus relief package. That's helped equities higher in the United States. It's also helped push oil higher today, with Joe Biden less than a day away from the White House. We just have to get through Lady Gaga singing the U.S. national anthem first. It's all changed today. It's Wednesday, the 20th of January, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. equities have bounced back from the one-day holiday with big rises. The Nasdaq is at 1.4%, 0.9% for the S&P 500, 0.5% for the Dow, while shares are down a little in Europe, 0.2% down for the Eurostox 50, a 0.3% fall in the U.S. dollar as well on the DXY this morning. Uh, the Euro has risen about 0.4%, 0.3% for the pound, and just 0.1% up for the Aussie dollar, around uh, 76.9 U.S. cents. Ten-year Treasury yields have uh, been up almost uh, to one12 percent today uh, but three basis points below that now and big rises in oil this morning brent is up about two percent wti is up more than one percent and here's ray atrell director economics for markets at nab on a day which uh, when it eventually ticks around to uh, wednesday in the united states will be inauguration day but ahead of that ray janet yellen has spoken her senate confirmation hearing for a new gig as uh, treasury secretary um so we we know what she said in fact the market's got a bit of a head start on this, didn't they? Because the FT got hold of her script before she had a chance to read it out. But basically, uh, she said with interest rates at historic lows, the smartest thing we can do is act big in the long run. Uh, the benefits will far outweigh the costs, especially if we care about helping people who've been struggling for a very long time. So how did the market state that? Well, I think I've just described it. Haven't we? <laughs> the shares have been up quite a bit on this. <laughs> That's right. So morning, Phil. And um, yes, it, uh, it never underestimate the ability of the markets to discount the same news twice. I think that's well, always. <laughs> early morning lesson but you're right that uh, that go big um expression was uh, you know was over the media effectively in the 24-hour lead up where she's really sort of said look with ultra low or extremely low interest rates that provides the justification for the incoming administration to go big um in justifying this you know 1.9 trillion dollar um covid related plan and then uh, more to come um, um down the track so that was pretty much expected mm. as were her comments on the US dollar where she's made clear that uh, um you know the incoming treasury will uh, you know is supportive of market determined exchange rates and that uh, the US will not be seeking a competitive advantage which obviously is the contrast from the Trump administration where we had um, some quite explicit calls for a weaker US dollar um other things i think that that caught uh, that caught my eye at least were that um, on China she said that um, you know we mm. have to effectively stand up to China's abusive and unfair trade practices so the first hard indication perhaps that um, not much is going to change as far as the new administration's um, attitude towards China even though as uh, as Tapas was saying yesterday um, the approach may be more um, you know around trying to um, get a coalition of the willing if you like yes. to stand up to China but the overall attitude is not going to uh, to change I think and another thing that's interesting which is showing up in the bond market is she suggests that um, 50-year Treasury bonds could be on the agenda. Mm. Now, in the context of you know, plans right? for big infrastructure spending, and if yeah. you think that you know you build a road, you build a bridge, and it's got a 50-plus year lifespan, then why don't you fund it with a 50-year asset, particularly if you can do so at these ultra-low rates? So we have seen the U.S. yield curve uh, steepening somewhat on that. So the 30-year bond, currently the longest tenor, is up about two basis points, with the 10-year up less than one basis point. So I think that's a direct reflection of uh, the view that um, you know the Treasury may have a, a 
uh, a proclivity for uh, issuing ultra long bonds, assuming that um, you know it is going to get something over the line as far as uh, infrastructure and, uh, and and green new deal uh, spending in the second fiscal package as and when something gets approved on this COVID relief bill. Right. I mean, if you build a bridge, you'd expect it's going to last 100 years, wouldn't you? So why stop at 50? But uh, maybe Well, that, that, that may not actually be true. A lot of the, the post-World War II infrastructure, particularly in Germany, was built with uh, um, concrete okay. that was uh, reinforced with iron ore rods, not steel rods, and right. um, which are pretty much degraded. And uh, so um, depending on how you build it, <laughs> it Just may not last on everything, aren't you? Years. Our economist and concrete expert uh, today. Hat tip to Drew Bradford, the, uh, the head of markets at uh, at, uh, at NAB, who, uh, who gave me that little snippet. He knows uh, a lot about concrete. Ago. Now, look, uh, she also said they're not going to roll back on those 2017 tax cuts just yet, she said, which implies that they perhaps will do it a bit later, or maybe they'll adjust the distribution of those cuts a little bit. But all of this helped oil today, didn't it? Along uh, with a, a cheaper US dollar, that probably helped as well. But the, uh, the all of that, despite the fact the International Energy Agency uh, has cut its oil demand outlook, uh, but uh, quite a big rise in oil today. That's right. We've got what one to two percent, whether yeah. you're looking at the Brent or the WTI contracts, and uh, just you know, sort of scrambling for the news behind that. Um, you know, it seems to me that it is a direct reflection of um, you know of the markets taking a reasonably positive view of uh, perhaps of the prospects of uh, so. of large fiscal stimulus. What does that do to to, to global demand? So um, you know, on another day, might, you know, it might not have had such a reaction, but it does seem to be a sort of direct reflection of the sort of positive equity response, slightly weaker U.S. dollar as you say, and uh, oil is a very volatile beast. So 1% to 2% rises or falls and so on any particular the, day aren't unusual. Where does the US dollar go from here then? Because, I mean, more US treasuries being issued, you would have thought more demand from overseas, but you would have thought that would help the dollar continue to rise, although that's not what we saw today. Well, no. I mean, it's uh, the dollar obviously has been receiving something or some support, really going back to the Georgia Senate election results and markets mm. pricing in uh, the prospect of, of greater fiscal stimulus and what that will do to, to bond yields in particular. Um, so some of the dollar support that we've seen relates to that. We've also had a little bit of uh, an equity wobble um, since Joe Biden's explicitly mentioned the need for uh, corporate America to be paying its fair share of taxes yeah. last week. But um, but if you look at if you if you decompose the rise in bond yields that we've seen, um, you know, um, inflation expectations have risen almost as much as nominal bond yields have risen, meaning that real bond yields have hardly moved since the beginning of yeah. the year. And that's really important from a currency perspective where real yields are historically more important. So in the absence of a significant rise in real yields, um, you know, NAB's FX strategy view is still that a weaker US dollar is baked in the cake. Now, we might see a little bit of uh, stability or even reversal if, if, if the equity markets do seem to wobble. So there's still a, an incredibly powerful um, correlation, if you like, between risk sentiment and the dollar with a negative sign in front of it. Um, so, you know, we're sort of treading water a little bit at the moment, but our, our medium-term view is, is very much in favour of further US dollar weakness. Now, uh, right into earnings season now, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, uh, we've got their numbers. Net income for Goldman Sachs up 135% year on year. 
But uh, no, Goldman's did pretty well, and they were up. But uh, from what I can say, that the, the the stock did slip back a little bit during the um, you know the investor news conference, where um, David Solomon, the CEO, was was signalling significant uncertainty about the outlook um, mm-hmm. related to the um, you know the efficiency of vaccine rollout. So the stock did seem to give up some of its gains. And um, Bank of America is pretty flat actually, and and uh, you know, the, the the reasoning there seems to be that on the trading income side, um, that sort of um, fell somewhat short of expectations. So it doesn't look like they, on the sales and trading side of the sort of investment banking business, they haven't done quite as well as the rivals. So uh, that stock's uh, struggling a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. overall, hasn't been enough to uh, to drag the, the, the broader indices down, which, as you say, are up sort of what, 0.8 or 8% or so, which I think is as, as much the Yellen factor as it is uh, anything yeah. relating to earnings. But we do get Netflix after the close. So I suspect we're going to see a little bit of, uh, of volatility, particularly in the, in the NASDAQ futures um, as and when we get those after the New York close at 8 o'clock. Uh, yeah, time. not long to go now uh the uh, meanwhile there's a pandemic going on uh, and it's sort of mixed news isn't it? i guess there's some some optimism in that uh, the infection rates do seem to be going down in some places like in the uk for example but their uh but their fatality rate 1610 uh today which is the the worst so far germany seems to be getting over the worst of it their death rates coming down we had the, the zoo survey of economic sentiment for germany which beat estimates didn't it coming in at 61.8 up from 55 last time i presume that's what's helped the euro today is it? Um, it's certainly helpful. Um, you know, the expectation was that we would see sort of flat to down numbers for both the the current reading and the expectations component. So the expectations component at uh, what say sixty one point eight from fifty five, and the current conditions at a minus sixty six point four, um, which was was a little changed effectively, but a little bit uh, um, a little bit uh, less negative, if you like, than expected. So um, I think at the margin, certainly it's been helpful. And as you say, for most countries in Europe, Spain is the obvious exception at the moment. If you look at their uh, infection curve, it's almost vertical. So pretty distressing, you have to say. But um, yeah. but in general, you know, we have certainly seen the curve starting to not just bend, if you like, but actually turn down. But then because um, of lockdowns, the- of course, you know, it's not it's not a sign that things are recovering without the lockdown. That's the that's the problem. Ease the lockdowns, and then those numbers will go back up again. Of course, so uh, so it's not it's not tr- terrific news just yet. They're just going to get those vaccines out, haven't they? Look, the uh, the UK CPI, we get that today. That might be up a little bit. Rishi Sunak, incidentally, that the Chancellor uh, has been talking about putting up corporate tax, which <laughs> seems a little bit premature, doesn't it? When they're still dealing yeah. with the crisis, and we've got Andy Haldane talking at the moment as well. That's right. So um, I've only just seen the, the initial comments on there, and he's talking about the prospect for you know a faster economic rebound than occurred during the GFC. Um, so that's sort of positive news. Um, I think markets were waiting to see whether he weighs in on the debate on negative interest rates. So um, you know a lot was said about that. You know one side or other of New Year in a fairly supportive manner. Um, Bank of England is is heading into its first meeting of the year, um, where they are also due to to sort of pass judgment, if you like, on their internal work on the efficacy or otherwise of negative interest rates. So um, we haven't heard anything on that yet. So so Sterling is yet sort of unaffected. And uh, so those CPI numbers will be uh, probably up on last month, but still well, well short of the uh, the Bank of England's targets. Yeah, yeah, to get that bounce back, you've got to have the jobs, haven't you? And we've seen a big fall in the number of hours worked there. So uh, I'm not quite sure how, how encouraging that bounce back going to be look we get uh, the bank of canada tonight don't we not quite negative on the interest rate front but will they be a step closer to it or are they just going to sit on their hands today 
Well, the message we had from uh, Tiff Macklin, who's the, uh, the Bank of Canada governor before Christmas, was that uh, the bar for negative interest rates is extremely high. Um, but that from a <coughs> excuse me, from a practical point of view, uh, it would be possible to take their overnight rate, which is 25 basis points, down to the uh, 10 basis points, so the equivalent of, of where the RBA already is. So uh, we're not expecting any change tonight, but um, there will be some surrounding commentary. So let's see if they're, uh, they're further uh, towards thinking that uh, there is scope to do something more, at least, even if they're not willing to entertain negative interest rates. Mm. And stand by for all the fun and games in Washington, of course. Get your popcorn and uh, sit down and enjoy it. Uh, J-Lo and Lady Gaga are going to be performing. Uh, Lady Gaga is going to sing the, the national anthem. Tom Hanks is going to do a big US TV special with Bruce Springsteen and John Legend and the Foo Fighters, all the uh, all the big uh, Joe Biden supporters, or at least all the anti-Trumpsters. And Donald Trump doing his own ceremony as well. I'm not sure what the lineup. He hasn't released the lineup. Ted Nugent, perhaps. I think uh, might, might, be, might be all wow. he's got. But um, are you going to miss him? I mean, uh, you know, he's kept this podcast interesting. I think, uh, you know, what's going to happen? We're going to lose that uncertainty and, and all the excitement about what's coming out of Donald Trump's mouth. How are we going to well, entertain ourselves? Well, this, uh, this as year? I say, I'm not sure at POTUS on Twitter is going to have quite the appeal that, uh, that mm. it once had. But uh, and as for the inauguration, I, still, I wonder if it will uh, it'll struggle to match the entertainment value of uh, of last night's uh, final day of the <laughs> Australia-India <laughs> test match, I suspect. I but, uh, I think, nonetheless, I still think it'll be uh, well worth tuning into it will and then what's going to be interesting is what executive orders get signed in in day one so the latest i've heard is a a pathway for undocumented uh, immigrants uh, another one that's been added to the list anyway get your popcorn out enjoy the spectacle uh we'll see you again very soon thanks ray thanks phil will do i'm phil dobby for now back again tomorrow morning with more of your market news and perhaps more on the longevity of concrete as well we'll see if we can squeeze it in (laughs) see you tomorrow goodbye